Hey, Gabriel Blake. Hey, Gabriel Jose. Where are we today? We're no longer in the pool in Palm Springs. We're in the spa in Palm Springs. Springs. Yep, yep. Uh, we actually had to disable the jets. It was a bit of a tragedy, but it would be like pretty hard to record like with the jets at the same time. I feel like that's the best first world problem I've ever heard. <laughs> we had to turn down the spa jets so we could record the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a feeling that this can be like probably one of the most gable feet that we have saw <laughs> in the whole podcast. Uh, but yeah, for celebrating. Well, this is basically like the end, like the closure of our Palm Springs adventure when it comes like to the podcast. So what did we watch for celebrating? We watched the 2023 awards favorite poor edition yeah. by Yorgos Lanthimos. Yeah. Did we watch, did we win anything in any of the festivals? Themistons? I have no idea. We should have looked this up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, that's... Uh... Let me forget about it. But uh, the reason why we picked this a couple of days ago, well, a couple of days, like some days ago when I came back uh, from Spain, I was like giving some time and I realized that it was playing in Chicago. And then it's when I also realized that it was playing in Palm Springs. So we decided to delay and just having a live session of just going to watch it with our partners. And I tried to watch this a couple of weeks ago in Salt, uh, in Salt Lake, Lake Jesus. San Francisco, <laughs> and it wasn't even playing there. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. So also to answer your uh, question, it's won a ton of awards. Emma Stone, uh, Best Picture, Best Costume, it's won a lot. Oh, so it's being recognized. Yeah. That's a good movie. Um, and as this was, and we also come from uh, watching, what was the previous one, Doctor Yeah. Where it was Doctor the favorite. We're going to be watching also soon, the beginning of a sacred year. So we have been in a phase of a, let's just watch the whole filmography and we still have pending to watch The Lobster. Yes, we do. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. <laughs> just for completeness. So, because this was your pick, yeah. I have to summarize this, and yeah. so there's a little bit of a problem. First, this film is like, I don't want to say too Tim Burton, but imagine Yorgos Lanthimos going Tim Burton style. So, it's it's very stylized, um, and it's also a recent release. So, I will say that we meet um, Dr. Godwin oh. Baxter who's played by Willem Dafoe, and he is a, uh, a surgeon in London, and he teaches at a surgical school, yeah? Yeah, a surgical school, and he, it was founded by his father. By his father, and he is the face of a monster, very Frankenstein-like, yeah. um, and he has a student that shows some promise, his name is Max, and he invites Max home, and he says, hey... By Rami Yusuf. Yes. You knew him as an yeah, actor? Course. Yeah, I mean, he has a TV show. On Chulu called Rami, I think. Oh, and it's pretty good. Yeah, I didn't know him. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so Dr. Godwin brings uh, Max home and says basically, Hey, I found this woman who was committing suicide off the London Bridge or at Bridge in London, and she was pregnant at the time. And so after she died in the Thames, I took the brain out of the infant and put it into the mind of the mother. And so this is Emma Stone, who is uh, Bella Baxter. And so there's this fully like realized woman who has the mind of an infant. And she 
like progresses like a toddler she has difficulty with motor skills with language skills uh which improve over the the course of the film but it's basically about um this frankenstein-like woman who is becoming a human and part of becoming human is becoming a sexual woman and how that infuriates women or infuriates men that she meets well yeah i mean i think that that's like a very core part of it, but it's also about like discovering the world, like from the perspective of a, a small child, about like why things are bad, or how what can I do for a society that's like doing it better, and like, the idea of experimenting without like the conditioning of society about like what is right and what is wrong. Yeah, it's about seeing the world through a child's view, but not childish. No, childlike, like yeah. just like the wonder of the world, the the questioning of the world, why are things this way, why am I not allowed to, for instance, masturbate in front of other people I don't understand. Um, And then also she becomes not manipulative, but she does manipulate men to do things for her that ultimately have the result of not being good for that relationship and having it backfire. So it's it's a lot about what? she manipulates in that way. Like Mark Ruffalo's character, like yeah. he pays for her to go on the ship and then her she kind of grows. But she never asks her. No no no, she's never asking for this, but she's like, okay, this guy did this for me, he was cool, and then he couldn't handle me having sex with other people, so I moved on. Yeah. Well, I mean no, it's not really like I move on. It's like he moved on. Because, Mark Ruffalo? Yeah, he never Mark, did. Well no Mark Ruffalo just imagine that he did. Sorry, we're going to be like getting a bit into a spoiler territory yeah, spoiler here. Alert now. <laughs> but it's like after they get to Paris and they are like completely broke, and she actually says that she had the money by the father, is that Mark Ruffalo steals the mother, the, the money, and runs away with it. But at the end, what happens? Well, he actually comes back because he cannot really move away, and he's like, oh, I think that I'm ready to forgive you, you know? But he's like, well, you are not, you don't have to forgive her for anything. She didn't do anything, that like you just dump her literally after stealing you know like the money like her money so from that perspective I just feel like hey, Emma Stone hasn't manipulated anyone but he's been like pretty open about honest about like what she wants what she needs I guess you're right and in that regard I would say this is a lot like Lars von Trier's Golden Heart trilogy where this is a woman that's too yeah. pure it's <laughs> not too good like Lars von Trier said like She's just too, like, honest. Like, radically honest. Yeah. The world can't handle her. Yeah. Um, so I think that's probably enough for the synopsis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like there. a reverse Frankenstein story. Yeah. And more about sexual awakening than, yeah. like, being worried a monster's gonna kill you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. And it's interesting that it's, like, the scary person is William Dafoe's character. You know, like, physically. Yeah, he's the serious looking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, she is like, yes, yeah, it's called in the movie a beautiful retard. Beautiful retard. <laughs> One of the best lines of the film is when uh, Rami comes yeah. in as the assistant and Emma Stone is dancing around like, well, like an infant, and he's like, what a beautiful retard. <laughs> and I, that's the best laugh I think I got in 2023. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was unexpected, but really well, well delivered. And, uh, 
the thing is, uh, my boyfriend was putting it, he said, this is like really Gaudi scare. You know, it's not so much as the Gothic stuff that Tim Burton would do. Is that there is this kind of uh, more Victorian steampunk scare kind of reality. Yeah, when I said Tim Burton before, it was more about how when you watch, like, let's say, Willy Wonka, the Johnny Depp Willy Wonka, everything yeah. comes from Tim Burton's imagination. Yeah. So it's the same in this film. Uh, everything is a set. Everything is very stylized. It's a it's a nice, unique, artistic take. But I will say that it's um, different from everything we've seen from Yorgos before. Oh yeah. And well, I would say that the closest thing could be the favorites, you know. But it was more grounded. But even in that was grounded in reality. Yeah. This is not grounded in reality. No. No. It's completely gone unhinged. It's like an Alice in Wonderland tale of the modern ages. You disagree? No. No, I'm analyzing why. I feel a bit upset about that comparison, and I had the feeling that Alice in Borderland is a visual spectacle for the sake of the visual spectacle, and I had the feeling that here there is visual spectacle, you know, about like what is creative, but there is more to it. I just feel like there is is a vehicle for the story. That's true in terms of like my personal interest in the characters. It's there. There's character development. It's not all about like this insane style with weird costumes. There's like an interesting story, but it's extremely stylized. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I'm not saying that it's the only thing. It's like when we usually say that it's like highly stylized, you can run into the risk of this becomes the only selling value of the movie. Well, we talk about this sacrificing substance for style. I don't think he sacrificed anything. No. There's both style and substance here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I think that's a that's a good summary. There is more like twists and turns along the way, you know. But it's I think that the key part is what you mentioned is about the character growth and just like seeing how Emma Stone like develops, well, her character Bella develops from an infant barely able to communicate two words down to having like very eloquent approaches, very eloquent and like monologues. The way they develop that in the character is, is really well done because uh, when she's leaving the infant time period, she goes into a sexual awakening where she basically fucks everyone she becomes a whore proudly yeah um she doesn't understand why morally that's wrong when she does it for fun yeah. why can't she do it for money but at, at about halfway through the movie um she starts reading ralph walder waldo emerson and mark ruffalo's character is in love with her at this point but he doesn't like that she's getting smart so she's like he he says you don't have that weird way of talking anymore. You you speak super eloquently. What's going on? Yeah. So they show like the development of this woman, and I do think this was a very strong feminist piece. Um, but I love how like the smarter she gets, the more eloquent, the more well spoken. The men around her just can't handle it. At yeah. All. Yeah. Do you think that there is a bit of a reflection portraying Emma Stone as a bit of a woman? Is how women are perceived by men. Yeah, I think this entire movie is about the male gaze and how ridiculous it is because it's yeah. like, no, this is a smart, interesting woman, but 
all these white men that are in power that try to control her, they don't give what they want, and then, so they get super frustrated. Yep. Yeah, well, I mean, they get what they want, but it's that they don't want her to get what she wants to. Yeah. Is they, they want what they want on their terms, and they don't want to respect her as their own human being. And it's like at the beginning, Godwin, it actually tries to lock her, out, lock her up too. And he's struggling with the idea of her like going into the world. It's about like protectionist men and child. At the end, it's like she's more mature than all of the man childs that she's around. Like the only one that is a bit better is Rami, I guess. But Rami also wants to marry the childish. Yeah, um, yeah that's a bit weird. Yeah, it's it's kind of creepy. Yeah, yeah. And the fact that they so the. Um, What's his name? Godwin? Yeah. What's his name? The, the uh, Willem Dafoe. So Willem Dafoe, his character, his name is Godwin, and of course Bella calls him God. God. Yeah. So it's, it's a little <laughs> heavy-handed in the like retelling of the Adam and Eve story, except it's reversed. And in fact, there's a scene, well, spoiler alert, at the very end, when Bella comes back because God is dying, and uh, Rami is in love with her, and they both lay next to him, and they're like, oh... Oh, so this is this is biblical. Okay, I get it. <laughs> I get it. All right. <laughs> uh, yeah, I like also uh, the actress that they get for the Bella Chu. Who? So the second experiment. Oh yeah. 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 So God is super sad that Bella left. So they recreate the same experiment. With less success, yeah. so they have a meet, uh, even more beautiful yeah, that, that retard girl. without like, the intelligence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where is she from? Yeah, we saw her in. Uh, she's like a Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, like the crazy. That's what it was. Yeah. She's and one of also, the Manson people. Yeah, and yeah. she's also in the Leftovers. She was the daughter. Oh, just not just Rush. Uh, I don't remember the other name, but I mean. Overall, so I want to be very clear, I liked this film. I oh, think yeah. it's it's good, I think it's, I would even say excellent, and of course I always talk about, like, even when we're critical of a film, I have to say, what else is in theaters right now? This is the most interesting thing in theaters. Um, but, because I love Yorgos Lanthimos, and because on the podcast we've been watching several of his movies recently, I can't help but feel that this is more... A childish view of the world and we've been discussing the difference between childlike and childish for me this was a little childish and if you compare it to the favorite or the lobster which were completely films grounded in reality this doesn't feel super well it's not grounded in reality from the perspective that is that it's a crazy world just yes, for starters you know so it's completely unhinged like from that perspective it's like just you can just go crazy with whatever the story. But what I find like more and more interesting is that when we actually just look into the metaphors that is doing, you know, about like what is like the kind of message, what is the type of uh, like takeaway that you can take, and it's more about our world. It's not about that world that doesn't make any sense. We even see a point that Godwin is eating, and because of experiments that his father his father ran on him. Oh, basically cannot digest food 
so he just like burst like bubbles when he sees it. It's like everything is dreamlike in there. But also the part that is more interesting is that still there is a lot of measures that can be applied to our world. So from that perspective, I feel like this is a very bold, altruist kind of piece. I don't disagree with you. I just think that his strength is grounded in reality. So you could say all the same things you just said about poor things about the lobster. There's plenty of metaphor. It's interesting. It's commentary on our current society. But I take the lobster more seriously than I do this film. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's easier to actually take it like more seriously. But I also feel like this doesn't demerit like what he has done here. It's true that it's not as a standard as a as a as a the uh, uh, is not as a standard as what it would be the uh, other movies you know, that he has done. But I think that I appreciate the experimentation that he's doing here. So if you were to rank his last five movies, say... So the last five movies? The last five movies. Well, well, I shouldn't be. I shouldn't do it because we haven't talked about the film of the secret either. But we, well, I, I love The Lobster, you love The Favorite, I also yeah. like The Favorite a lot. Yeah. But... I would say, honestly, the more that we talk about this, is that the more I think that uh, there can be, like, something really interesting in this movie. I think that there is, like, some potential in here, but I haven't, like, consumed it enough, you know? So, it's more of a... It's more of a situation of a, I may need to rewatch this movie. Not right now, it's like, of course, is that we need to score it, but it's like, I think that I need to rewatch it for having a complete idea if I like it or not. Well, not to skip to the No, questions. if I like it, sorry, not if I like it or not. If I think that it's an amazing movie or an good movie. And I would agree. I want to rewatch it. And I think it's important to call out that I would rewatch this film tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, me too. Especially with my husband, because I would like to get his take on it. Um, there's a lot that's good. It's a good movie. Yeah. I don't like being so critical about it, but I just feel like when you produce like the favorite yeah. and the lobster, and the lobster it's yeah, super yeah, hard yeah. to compare yeah. it to that. Yeah, and you actually took like some years in between, like the lobster and the uh, and the favorite. Well, sorry, the, the, between the favorite and this and this. Because this was the favorite was 2019. Yeah, it was. Was it that long ago? Yeah. Wow. It was four years, you know. So it's that people were like really looking forward to it. Hey, the favorite was amazing. Before the favorite was getting a sacred deer. That I think that is good. I'm not going to be like getting to at what point good. And before that was the lobster. That it was like where most people actually got to hear from him, you know. Because before that was Alps. But, I mean, Dogtooth won Best Foreign Film. Oh, it won Best? Yeah, so it was like a big deal in America, Dogtooth was. Oh, I didn't know that it actually won uh, Well, Best now Foreign I feel like I should check, but it, it at least got nominated. Oh, uh, no, 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 I believe you. Um, but I think that this 
we're talking earlier, I think that we we're not recording, but we we're talking about like what is happening when Netflix gives like an unlimited amount of money and how directors do something crazy. This feels like something crazy, but it feels something crazy with substance. Yeah, I agree. It doesn't feel like, hey, I want to do like one more mob film with Robert De Niro. <laughs> or I want to do like these black and white random projects because I couldn't do it 30 years ago because they were not giving me the insane amount of money for doing it. No, I agree. And this film also ran almost two hours. Almost. I think so. No, I think more. I think two hours twenty. Oh yeah, and it felt like it was two seconds in the theater. Yeah. Like it was super entertaining. Yeah. There was a lot to talk about. I think so. We watched it with your boyfriend, and we drove home, and we were like talking about it constantly. Yeah. Which doesn't happen that often. Yeah, you know, it's it's a good movie. For me, it's like the thing that I cannot debate yet. I cannot decide if it's a good movie or a great movie. All right, that's fair. Yeah. So should we do the questions? Let's do the questions. All right, so Jose, my fingers are too wet to open the phone. I know. Okay. So. Would you watch this again? Yes. And I will watch it on my yeah tomorrow. Yeah, I honestly would rewatch it tomorrow alone or with my husband. But like, like you said, I want to find out: is this a good film or a great film? It's definitely good. Yep. That's I just the don't know then. if it's like completely yeah. timeless. Uh, so, would you recommend this? I think so. I think so. You know, I, I go with yes from the perspective. That I think that it's a good film. But now I'm not completely sure on what specific conversation would I actually recommend it, you know? Would you recommend this to your parents? No, it's too sexual to them for them. It's extremely sexual. Yeah. So... From I kind of forget this as a gay man, because all the sexuality is... Yeah, he's like, it's, like eh, you don't care. It's not. Right. <laughs> yeah, I would recommend this. I also don't know the specific conversation, but yeah, I... Because the thing is that this movie is pretty different from everything else he has done, besides the favorite. The favorite was also different from everything else that he had done. Yeah. You know, so he's like just basically exploring more and more of what he can do. So from that perspective, he's like I'm curious about like where he's going to go next. His last two movies were different from the rest, and I appreciate that. But if someone asks me, is like, hey, would you recommend me a Jorgos Lanthimos movie? Is it probably a good Dog Tooth. then what? Dog Tooth, uh, maybe The Lobster, I could say. And then The Favorite. But it's, I think that we even like, when we watched uh, The Favorite, and we're discussing a bit more about like what is more palatable, what is less palatable. You know, I would honestly it? recommend The Favorite as like an entry, your Ross Lantimos. But it's different from the rest of the style, you know, that he has done. And I'm curious about like what type of director is he becoming? Is he becoming more like this experimental, outdoor, like fixed lens, fixed lens kind of thing, you know, that I love, honestly I love, and I think that I told you when we was the favorite even back then when the movie was released, it's like, this feels like the experimental 70s, like nowadays, and I want him to keep being this experimental, like with more and more stuff. He does play with, like, there's this zoom that's so 70s, yeah. where it's like, you're super far, the camera's super far away, and they zoom in super, super, super close, that feels so 70s, and he did it a ton in the favorite and this film, and I was like, yeah, yeah I yeah. like this. But it's like, he's embracing that, so from that perspective, he's like, 
this is a different Jorgos Lanthimos. This like if someone just puts Doctor and this, I wouldn't be able to connect the director. I think that I would have like a hard time like just saying this is the same director. Not that it's bad, I think that it's great actually. But he's a movie. I wonder if maybe I feel a little bit like I do about Steve McQueen, where, uh, what was the first film that I, I love so much? Uh, Hunger. Hunger? So Hunger was very, like, experimental and weird, and he got to a place where he did uh, 12 Years a Slave, and it's like, okay, you're growing as a filmmaker, but the stories are less interesting. So I wonder if that's how I feel about Yorgos. It may be, but I think that this story is Steve because it's like, it, it sounds like pretty easy to do a, how do you say, a, a Frankenstein story, but I think that this is way more nuanced and complex than what usually like a, a Frankenstein story would do. Okay, so, will you remember this film? I think so. Not everything, but I will remember that it's like, this is what Emma Stone is, what Bella is, and this is what uh, she does. You know, about like running away and then a whore, blah, 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 blah. You know, I'm going to be like forgetting some of the characters and some of the stories. I think I'm going to remember most of this film. Yeah. I agree. Uh, is there anything artistic about it? Holy shit, yes. There's a we were discussing it, like, since the first frame. That even like when they are presenting like the uh, how do you say how do you say like the opening panels, you know, of the movie, and you see like these embroiderments that then you see on the wall, that the wall has like this uh, like very soft uh, fabric, and it has like a song embroiderments, but just like doing with a thread. Is like, I thought that like, this could have been done by Bjork. Yeah, I had the same thought, especially like, during the wedding scene. Yeah, I was like, no, that's Bjork. Yeah, <laughs> that's <laughs> A bit more toned down, York, but still the same style. Yeah, Yeah. still the same style. So, is this a timeless piece? I. This is tricky because you know a movie that I thought about. It was like City of the Lost Children. I had the same thought. I'm not joking. I was like, this is like super stylized. Well, that film is like '90s stylized. Yeah. And I had the thought about this film. Is it? to like 2020s that's the part that i was thinking too about like hey is this something that if we look at it like 20 years in the future we're going to be a bit of a no this this didn't age in the right way because it's mostly green screen so what is your answer <laughs> only time will tell no, 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 IDK. I... the what idk idk <laughs> <laughs> no honestly i don't know i guess I'm going to go with it's a timeless piece. The topic I think that is timeless, you know, the story I think that is timeless, now the aesthetic, I'm not sure. That could age. I agree. So my answer is yes, but I have the same concerns you do. In 10 years, I might be like, "Eh, it's too 2020. So would you turn this into a TV show? I don't think so. No. 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 Not at all. Uh, could this have been a short? I don't think so. You don't think so? I don't think that this would have been a short. I think they could have absolutely shown this in 50 minutes. In 15 minutes? <laughs> 50, I'm... 50, 5-0. Are you joking? 
Yeah. We didn't need to have that many sex scenes for Emma Stone. It's fantastic, but they spend a lot of time being like, she's sexual. She likes to touch herself. Yeah, but I... I didn't feel like it was completely filler. Is that part no, of no, no, it's not filler. I'm not saying I enjoyed every moment of the film, but this could have been a short. Okay. I think. Okay, okay. Okay. So yeah, that's your opinion. You're wrong, but that's absolutely <laughs> fine. Yes, for me, no. No, for, for me. Okay. Uh, do you think this movie could have been better? No. No, I, I don't think that. I mean, as you said, it's hate to my sex, you know, there, there is some editing that I can be done. For me, I just left with like this was a very complex cathedral of a movie that I was. You know something that it reminded me of? I may regret this. I seen a dog New York. But what? Seen a dog New York? Huh? Because I also felt like look, this is a gargantuan movie. You know, it's a gigantic. This scope is enormous, you know. And it's like what what you end up doing is like just giving me this story in Senator New York about like this broken man. And here it's about like this woman, how she grows from an infant to actually, you know, like a developed human being and just using her as a mirror to that society and to our society. And I kind of say this is huge. I agree. I think this this movie is beyond my film criticism experience. I can't point out something like, oh, you should have done this, you should have done this. No, yeah. I, I, there's nothing I can say. This was an opportunity to improve. Yeah. All right. Well, the only thing left to do is score it. Let's score it. Okay. Cool. So this was my pick. So I guess that you have to score it first. <laughs> I'm gonna call this. And again, I want to rewatch it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm gonna call it an eight for now. That's funny because that's exactly my score. An eight for now. I honestly have the feeling that is like, if it please, if I rewatch it again, that this could be a I agree. And I want to rewatch it with you, maybe like in three months, and yep. be like, was this? Yep, yep, yep. Was it more or less? And I'm hopeful. I think I'm going yeah. to like it more the second time. I really yeah. am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but for me, it was like a visually it was a surprise. But I think that it was like so visually over sensorial. How do you say? Like a sponge. Like a sensory overload. Yeah, yeah, sensory overload. You know, that is like maybe made it harder to actually sympathize or resonate with some of the topics. And I think that the topics are there. I agree, but I, I will also call out that we both laughed out loud like many, many times. It's a very funny film. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Very funny. Yeah, yeah. I had a feeling that like, your goal Anthemos is pretty good on delivering comedy. Yeah. Even in dramas. Yeah. Like a weird ass dark comedy. Yeah. Yeah. Like Angry Yerkov in uh, the favorites. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, stuff like that. But yeah, man, there was there was a fun experience. I'm happy that it's like we got to see it like uh, in person. Right with you guys. Yeah, I think in 2023 we only saw two films together. Don't tell me what was the other one. It was in Chicago, and I don't remember what it was, oh but I remember God. we went to the Gene uh, Siskel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was the one we went to? Was La Noche? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was La Noche, okay. Yeah. We didn't go to the Music Box Theater. No. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Next time. Yeah. Okay. Uh, anything else to say? 
No, that's it. I mean, go see this movie. It's good. It's funny. We just don't know if it's great. Yep. Okay. Uh, and what are we watching this? We're going to watch another Yorgos Lanthimos film, The Killing of the S- A Killing of a Sacred Deer. Yeah. Okay. Looking Starring for... Nicole Kidman and Colin Farrell, and the guy from Saltburn. So check <laughs> it out. That guy from Saltburn. Okay, and uh, to everyone else out there, thank you so much for listening to us. And, uh... Wash your hands unless you're in a hot tub with someone with COVID. <laughs> okay, <laughs> bye.